Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome to the first ever episode of In Bad Taste, a brand new podcast by me, registered nutritionist Pixie Turner. And me, cardiothoracic surgeon, Dr. Nikki Stamp. Now, like most people with health qualifications, we are frustrated at just how many bad, awful, and downright fucking stupid claims are made in health documentaries. So we figured, why not do something about it? Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've been so reluctant to watch any of these kind of so-called documentaries because they're just so awful and I knew it would be incredibly painful. But finally, I have a good reason to. Obviously, much wine was consumed to make this bearable, though. Oh, I agree. I I, uh, yelled at the television a lot. A lot, a lot. It's necessary. So, (laughs) welcome to In Bad Taste. Uh, Throughout this podcast, each month we will cast a critical eye over health documentaries and examine key claims over the course of several weekly episodes. So, Nikki, tell everyone, what did we torture ourselves by watching this month? Well, we finally relented and we watched the game changers. Um, Look, we watch this so you don't have to, and especially so you can all relax about your vegan boners. You are welcome. Yep, that was definitely my greatest concern when I was vegan. How strong was my boner? I was very worried about your boner when you were vegan. Thank you. That's so kind of you. (laughs) I'm caring. I'm caring. What can I say? Now, before we get started, I think it's only fair that we give people a full disclaimer of our conflicts of interest. Now, I place absolutely no label or restrictions on what I eat. Uh, I'm technically an ex-vegan, technically, but I actually always use the term plant-based because I wasn't really in it for the ethics. I I eat all the foods, except for nuts. I'm uh, I'm allergic to nuts, so I don't eat nuts. Um, but otherwise, I eat all the, all the foods. I try to eat more veggies, uh, but I'm not vegan. I never have been, and I have no plans to be at this stage. God same, I have zero plans of going back there. However, that doesn't mean that we can't do this in a very uh, gentle, unbiased way, especially seeing as we are both very unbiased in the sense that neither of us owns a penis. So that makes that a lot easier. Yes, I think think the penis uh, interest in this case is really recreational. (laughs) (laughs) Well said, well said, well said. So hopefully by now you've gathered the fact that uh, while there are a number of claims that are made during this documentary, we are this week going to be focusing on the penis side of things. The penis, the masculinity and burritos, because obviously those three things are always paired together. Makes sense. I mean, when I think penis, I immediately think burrito. One thing I just loved the most about this was the fact that we we go to a guy who has written a book called The Penis Book. And my immediate reaction was to pause the TV and go, what the 
fuck. I need to buy this just so I can have it on my shelf and freak people out when they see it. But here's a question for you. My, I had the same reaction. I was like, oh my God, there's a book called The Penis Book. That's so interesting. Uh, but how do you go into a bookstore and buy it? I mean, you'd have to get it in plain packaging from Amazon, right? You, you're not going to walk into your local bookstore and walk out proudly with your copy of The Cock Book, are you? Oh my God, there should be a book called The Cock Book Cookbook. I think the answer to your question is with confidence. Oh, well, if you have a penis, you can walk around with confidence. (laughs) Anyway, I I wanted to talk about about penises um, from a a doctory point of view. I'm going to, you know, be scientific because there's a lot of there's a lot of allusion to science in this film. I think it's fair to say, but they don't actually tell you about what's real, what's not, what's normal, what isn't normal. So, you know, erections, they're just trotting out as some magic marker of, of, of men's health. And the reality is, is that erections are really complicated. Um, so it's kind of silly to think that they're going to be affected by one single burrito meal. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing I think it's really important to say is that we know that a lot of men are unable to attain or maintain an erection um, for satisfactory sexual function. And I don't think we need to shit on them by saying it's because of what they eat. Like those things happen for really complex reasons. Um, the, the nocturnal the nocturnal boners, and they actually have a name, it's called uh, nocturnal penile tumescence. Much classier than, than, than a nocturnal or a nighttime boner or a morning glory, but they actually serve a purpose. Because when you have uh, an erection, you actually increase the blood supply and the nutrient supply to the penis. So it's actually important for men to have this during during the night. Um, and it happens pretty much because the brain just decides it would like to have an erection. Usually happens during REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep. And it's a pretty, pretty normal phenomenon. Now, these, these sort of nocturnal erections have been used to, to tell the difference between someone who maybe has erectile dysfunction for a medical cause or someone who has it for perhaps, you know, a, a psychological cause. Like we know that depression and your mood and your stress, et cetera, can affect, you know, your erections. But, um, you know, it is, a, it is a pretty, it's a pretty, blunt instrument this test so I think the fact that the penis doctor guy um, is trotting this out as you know a, a, a magical test on penis health overall health dietary health um, he's really really stretching the truth there a bit oh stretch <laughs> no I agree and also I mean it's a such it's such a strange experiment to do I mean the focus on boners is weird in itself because the idea that more meat equals better penis is not a thing also more vegan equals better penis also doesn't seem to really be a legit thing and this whole idea that more boners is better I don't think there's really a huge amount of evidence to suggest that that is necessarily the case that you know the more boners you have in the night the better or the stronger the boner overnight the better surely there's a lot more variability you're 100% right. That, that, is, that is a very small proportion of what makes up better boners. And also, can I just point out that you can have the best boner in the world, but if you don't know what to do with it, it's completely pointless. Oh, 
I mean, such wise words, such wise words. And you know what? This experiment is a little bit strange. I mean, what they basically said is, okay, let's put some rings on some dicks, feed them some burritos and see if they get hard. That is obviously completely normal and not awkward for these poor guys whatsoever. Oh my God. I thought the same thing. They are sitting there. They're these young guys, good looking guys. They're sitting there. The whole world, the whole entire world has seen them measure their dicks. Um, And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's true though. And they had these poor guys with their little pixelated um, nighttime sleeping things. You know, they pixelated their groins so that we we knew that there was something going on underneath the pixels. It was so embarrassing for them. So what they did during this experiment is that the first night they fed these poor unassuming guys meat burritos with three different types of meat and then the second night they gave them vegan burritos and they measured their boners the first night and the second night with the implication that more boners is definitely better now i think the reason they had more boners the second night is because i think they're all sexually attracted to plant-based burritos <laughs> well, look you know a burrito a burrito is a good looking food very attractive and very phallic We both said this. We both said, don't you think it's weird that they're talking about penises and they pick the most phallic food, excluding sausages, that they could find? Mm -hmm. So I think we can clearly say that this experiment is probably not hugely accurate and reliable. A single meal is not a great indicator of good health and just two consecutive nights, that's not very much data. We probably can't make too many inferences from it. Uh, nor is it necessarily the case that what they're measuring is actually a measure of health in any way, because boners are a lot more complicated than just that. And, you know, even just if we're talking fertility is a lot more than just how big is your boner, it also comes down to a lot of other factors. So this was a very strange thing. But what this really, I think, shows is this really strong link between meat and masculinity. And they do definitely link to the stereotype quite a lot. The idea that real men eat meat. Now, yeah, it's great marketing. But, and yes, I mean, obviously we can all say that, you know, obviously meat doesn't make you manly, but it is such a strong way in which men assert their masculinity. Oh, absolutely. Is. I mean, you know, talking about um, about other people in this film, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, he's the most masculine of, of men. You know, he's sort of someone that many men for many generations has, have looked up to as a symbol of masculinity, of strength and so on and so forth. You know, he talks a lot during this film about how uh, eating meat was seen as a sign of masculinity. But, you, but even I think the way that they, they deal with masculinity in general in this film kind of really irritated me actually it it irritated me a lot because they've got this guy who's running this um, experiment in inverted commas this urologist who's talking about um you know what a what a real man is to him and he's saying that you know a real man is someone who um you know is sexually attractive who is virile who can you know father children who is very strong all these like very loaded terms about what a real man is you know i, th- I found the whole thing to be just you know bro science you know toxic masculinity sort of at its worst yeah absolutely also the they they kind of make a weird assumption there that yes of course it's good that the documentary smashes this idea that you have to eat meat to be manly but that doesn't mean that vegan equals better like they're making there's such a leap from this very very sensible and valid stereotype to smash 
into then a ridiculous claim that has no basis for truth. Absolutely. But they try and make a basis. They try and make a scientific case to say that uh, vegans actually are more masculine if we look at the science because they quote this study that says that um, men who eat uh, who eat uh, a vegetarian, plant-based, vegan sort of diet actually have higher levels of testosterone. And I think this comes down to, to one of the real problems with this documentary is that they misquote the science because when you look at the science behind testosterone and what you eat, uh, testosterone levels will... Uh, will be increased in uh, in a man who has a vegan meal. However, there are sort of two types of testosterone. There's free testosterone, so it's just floating around the blood, you know, doing its whatever it is that it's going to do, making your muscles stronger, causing boners, creating sperm, all those kind of good things that that men like. But there's also a proportion of testosterone that circles bound to a protein called sex hormone binding globulin or shbg so vegetarians or vegans anyone who has a plant-based meal will have higher levels of total testosterone so the bound proportion and the free portion but they have more testosterone that is actually bound to that protein so they have less testosterone able to act on their tissues, on, on their muscles, on their boners, all those kinds of things. So but they've actually sort of proved themselves wrong by saying that you know, your testosterone is increased because it really isn't. You have less effective testosterone. And perhaps with that, you have an increased risk of things like you know, lower bone density, less muscle mass, all these kinds of things that they're trying to say that a vegan diet will cause so they've really shot themselves in the foot and i agree in the course of trying to smash a stereotype which is really really important to smash they've completely cocked it up hey i'm really enjoying the double pun there firstly smash and secondly cocked it up that was absolutely absolutely beautiful (laughs) i did not mean to do that I think this is going to be a continuing theme throughout all of this. The idea that they cite some research thinking they, you know, just played a great card when actually it turns out they don't really know what's going on. They have cherry picked things and they haven't even they haven't even cited research that actually fully supports what they're saying. But they are just as usual that as with so many of these documentaries, they're just assuming that no one's going to go and read the actual references, which is, to be fair, a reasonable assumption for them to make because I highly doubt that most people watching this are going to look at those references and go, hmm, does this actually say what they say it does? No, they're just going to take everything at face value. Well, then we came along and we read the references. So, yeah, <laughs> we're on to you. Um, but but it, it is actually a way, you know, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but, yeah, they, they throw out all these references. They make it sound really quasi-scientific. Um, and and if you are watching this, uh, particularly if you're watching it and you're an owner or a user of a penis, you <laughs> might find, <laughs> look, you know, there's a lot of people here who have skin in the game. Um <laughs> Oh God, I can't. I'm not sure I can get through this without making any more accidental puns. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Please don't. Please keep going. What I was trying to say before I was out punning myself is that they are talking about a topic that carries a lot of emotional weight, um, and you know, people are you know. 
people have a lot invested in their sexual function or their perceived masculinity or their virility. Um, and if you present to them a quasi-scientific way of, of improving that, or allegedly, uh, then they're not going to even pay attention to the science, not even gonna, going to necessarily go delving for the truth. They'll, they'll see those little references flash up on the screen, which flash up on the screen all the time. They'll see that as a sign of this being legitimate, um, coupled with the really highly emotive nature of what they're talking about. And all of a sudden, you've got a whole bunch of men who think that um, this is the way to penis health. It's not. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, exactly. And so, as we said, there is some really great smashing of stereotypes. There's a really interesting discussion on testosterone. And that's all really good stuff. And then what they do is then add a whole extra conversation about soy and estrogen into that as well. And they are, again, they try, they're so close to making a good point, and then they just fuck it up. Because what they say (laughs) is that plant estrogens are different to human estrogen and therefore don't have a hugely significant impact on human estrogen levels at regular normal levels of consumption. But then they go on to say that it blocks human estrogen. So actually by eating things like soy, you're actually going to reduce your estrogen levels and increase your testosterone levels, which is like, oh no, you you were so close. You were so close and you fucked it up. Why did you do that? I, 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 that's, that's the whole, that's the whole film, isn't it? Like there's these moments of like, oh, 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 oh. Exactly. Because soy is not going to make you more feminine, but it's also not going to make you more masculine either because gender stereotypes can go fuck themselves. Agreed. I mean, you know, look, we could have a whole other podcast on gender stereotypes, but we won't. But, you know, absolutely right. I mean, we we did find something of, of someone who had consumed like, you know, what was it, you know, um, 180 times the daily normal daily intake of, of soy products 
who had problems with testosterone production in. So it's 180 times. I mean, what do we say? You're just going to be eating soy products all day, every day. Um, but they, they, they have sort of, um, they've sort of said they've just really screwed up the science and and misled us yet again by talking about these phytoestrogens. So it was, it's, yeah, real, real dropping of the ball there for me. Yeah, so close yet so far. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, that's a huge number of phytoestrogens eating every day. I mean, I, I need to find out how much tofu actually is that because I, I need to know how much tofu that actually is. I'm actually going to look this up right now. Oh, we, we need to we know we need to look this up because it's okay so here's here's the study it's a 19 year old man who presented with low libido and erectile dysfunction and he was vegan um and his his blood test showed his testosterone was low so someone thought hang on a second could this have something to do with his diet because he was eating massive amounts of soy products and so when they ceased his vegan diet his free testosterone rose and everything started working again now he was uh eating 360 milligrams per day of ice of flavones compared with two milligrams per day which is the population uh, average and the thought is is that those isoflavones block testosterone production that's the, the the physiology of it so you know this one case report um i think was really interesting but it really showed how much you, how far you had to go in order to to get these ill effects of having having soy products in your diet so I just quickly Googled how how many phytoestrogens there actually are in tofu. And it turns out there's around 22 milligrams in 100 grams of tofu. So that means if this guy was eating 360 milligrams of phytoestrogens every day, this means he was smashing 1,640 grams over one and a half kilos of tofu every single day. Fucking hell. I think we can reasonably assume that is way more way more than your average person is going to eat. I mean, fucking hell, how is that even possible? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of tofu. That's a lot of, that's an unreasonable amount of any food to eat. And especially tofu, because tofu is so easily, so boring and really bland and just has a weird texture. I, I, I have a confession to make. I really, really, really don't like tofu. And that discussion of eating a kilo and a half of tofu every day makes me feel kind of sick. Um, so I, I just, I feel like I need to lie down. <laughs> Confession, I really like smoked tofu, but definitely not every day. It's like a, you know, once every so often thing, but like, just like plain tofu is just, can you imagine? <laughs> is this a conflict of interest we should have declared? <laughs> have you seen soy sage? You know, like those soy sausages? Is this the vegan term for boner? <laughs> Is this what a vegan boner actually is? A sausage? <laughs> it's called a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you think that's what they do? They compare their sausages in the change rooms. <laughs> it's a sausage measuring contest. <laughs> a sausage fest. <laughs> Dear vegan owners of penises listening to this, we sincerely apologise. And yet also, please tell us if this is a real thing or not. We would love to hear from you. You can get in contact with us via email. <laughs> tell us about your sausage. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. We weren't there. This this was always going to um, to generate this, this episode, wasn't it? We're really sorry. Look, you know... It, 
I think I think that I think that they have been a bit harsh on the penises. Maybe we've been a bit harsh on the penises. Um, suffice it to say that your uh, one meal, your one bean burrito, probably not going to change your erections, your virility, your fertility, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, any more than one meat meal. So you can all rest easy. Boners around the world, you are safe. <laughs> Do you know the one the other thing I think that we need to touch on that they talked about with diet this is just very briefly is they talk about um, dairy consumption and prostate cancer um, so you know we don't want to completely crap on these films when they have kind of got something semi right we we're not we're not going to be that vindictive but we did have a bit of discussion about uh, animal products, specifically dairy products and prostate cancer, um, and basically saying that if you eat milk, you are going to have prostate cancer and die. That is a bit harsh. Mm, dramatic. Very dramatic. But look, th- there is actually some suggestion that um, that possibly people who, who eat a lot of milk, um, milk-based products and so on and so forth, there could be a bit of a trend towards an increased risk of prostate cancer. But this is where when we talk about science, when we talk about health, when we talk about risk, we have to basically get it correct because that absolute increase in risk is minuscule. It's minuscule. In fact, the probably one of the bigger risks for getting prostate cancer is getting old, but we don't cull you once you get to 50, do we? So you probably don't need to cull the dairy from your diet. Um, you know, so I think I think it's really important though to say that they did kind of get that semi right. Mm-hmm. Yes, always worth acknowledging on the rare occasions where these things do actually say something that is backed by science. Yes, yes, it is a rare occasion, let's be honest. But hey, you can't really say we're that biased when we're acknowledging the accuracy occasionally. That's right. Well, that's what we're, we're here to do. So, um, look, really, really frustrating segment of this film to watch. I, I would actually really like to know what men who watch this film thought of the vegan bone section. Oh, God, Sam, I'm so curious. So, dear penis owners who are listening to this, in addition to the previous note, please could you also tell us whether you found this documentary anxiety-inducing or reassuring? We'd be very keen to hear from you about this because seeing as neither of us actually owns a penis, this kind of went over my head a little bit and just, you know, it made me laugh. It was funny. It made me think about Freud a little bit. But otherwise, you know, it doesn't really affect me personally. So it wasn't so much of a big deal. I didn't really mind as much if this was as accurate. It's more just a general frustration at a lack of accuracy rather than a specific personal vendetta. But yes, we'd be very curious to hear from you. Yes, please. I, I think um, I'm, I'm very keen to have our inbox bombarded with sausage questions. <laughs> yes, please make sure that the subject uh, title of your email is Soysage. Uh, that way we know exactly what you are referring to. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I think that brings the penis section of this documentary to a nice, neat close. What have we learned so far? We have learned that veganism doesn't automatically necessarily give you a better boner and that a better boner doesn't automatically mean that you're a better man. We've learned that stereotypes should be smashed, but with scientific accuracy, not with bullshit. And finally, we have learned that penis envy 
is not a real thing. Neither of us are currently envious of anyone with a penis. <gasps> no, no, not really at all. It's just extra stuff you have to carry around and I have a big enough purse as it is, so <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> And so that wraps up our very first episode of In Bad Taste. We hope you have enjoyed the puns. We hope you have enjoyed the laughter. And we especially hope that you have enjoyed the science. Yes, it has been a ripper. That's an Australian word, a ripper of a first episode. But please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating because that's how people will find our little podcast. And, of course, please tell your mates. Now, if you have questions or comments, particularly of the sausage variety, you can get in contact with us on email, which is inbadtastepodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, come and see us on our socials because we share a lot of this kind of stuff just on day-to-day basis. We love science and we love smashing bad science. So Pixie is at Pixie Nutrition and I am at Dr. Nikki Stamp. And, of course, we will leave all references and relevant links in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening. It's been, it's been swell. we have both achieved some serious growth during this last half hour and of course the fun doesn't end there you can join us next time for an episode all about heart disease oh that's a bit of a boner killer isn't it (laughs) yeah but you know look so is a meat meat diet apparently (laughs) we'll see you next time bye see you bye it's itch. Twenty-two milligrams per hundred grams, and he was eating three hundred and sixty milligrams per day. Yeah. So I need to do some maths. I need to do some maths. Not my strong suit. Three hundred and sixty divided by twenty-two. We'll cut this and make it sound really good. <laughs> Sixty. Sixteen. Hang on. That's not right. <laughs> Why is it sixteen times? Sixteen times a hundred, isn't it? Yeah, oh, my God, maths. Why is maths so hard? He's eating like a kilo and a half of tofu a day. Are we sure? We need to get this right. Uh, So I just quickly Googled how much phytoestrogens. Nope. (laughs) Hang on. Words, words. I got this. You can get in contact with us on email. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> I can just see you out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> I'll, I'll try really hard not to laugh. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.